again and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, wonderful, <laughs> hardworking, intelligent, grim grinning ghost of a wife, Michelle. That's just wrong. I'm sorry grim about that one. Grim grinning loving ghost, maybe? <laughs> That's just wrong. I should have rethought that one. Happy 99th, happy 999th, happy haunt of a wife. How about just haunted mansion loving wife and co host Michelle? The best. Thank you. <laughs> You're hilarious. <laughs> I tell I you, you. I, I don't think of these things before I go into the spiel. Really? And so, <laughs> sometimes they're good, sometimes. Yeah, they're always, they're always great, honey. Always great. <laughs> Just some are more spectacular than others. Let's just yes, say that. like you. More <laughs> spectacular than mm. others. Speaking of pe- spectacular, thank you for joining us today. We are recording mm-hmm. this episode on Sunday, October 24th, mm. 2021. One week from Halloween. Yes. Ooh, isn't that awesome? Uh, thank you for joining us. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. Over the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there, you will be invited to join the newsletter if you haven't already, and we'd love you to do that. Yes, please sign up for the newsletter. Just another way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. You get a lot of our news and information first before we release it out there on social media or other channels. And, uh, you know, just another way to be there for us and for us to be there for you right exactly and we we like to share some little tidbits now and then but what we don't share is your email address nope it's just for us to use and the the company that we use that we to send out this but uh, they promise us they're not going to do anything with your email either so it's just a way to be more involved with us as i mentioned another great way to be involved with us is on our social media we're on twitter at hyperion podcast facebook instagram and pinterest at hyperion adventures podcast if you're on facebook we do have this wonderful little Mm -hmm. facebook group the hyperion adventurers facebook group where we're just there to share positive disney energy and thanks for everybody who's already joined and you should join in with that fun too yes and please invite your friends to join as well we love having all this fun energy more more fun more positive energy is always a good thing we are also on youtube please check us out there uh you can just do a search for hyperion adventures podcast hit subscribe and you'll know whenever we have a new video and if you ever want to contact us for any reason please hit us up at our gmail account hyperion adventures podcast at gmail.com yeah we love you to to check in with us for anything whether it's to give some feedback ask questions give topic ideas that you want to hear some more about whatever yep. just say hi yep that any way you want to for whatever reason you want to contact us that is a great way to do so and if you want to support the show in a little bit of a monetary means <laughs> uh you could do it through our spreadshirt shop where we have lots of logo gear for our various mm-hmm. different logos our of course traditional hyperion adventures podcast logo mm-hmm. our hashtag real men love frozen logo and our i'm headed to hyperion adventure land <laughs> logo all sorts of gear from all different sizes colors uh, and also, you know, different type of things like mugs and water bottles and stuff like that. Right. Uh, you can also join in on our Patreon group. Uh, just go to uh, patreon.com slash Hyperion Adventures podcast with tiers starting as little as $2 per month with lots of swag that goes out to you. Disney dishes, uh, stuff that goes out to you as well, depending on what tier you sign up for. But again, we just appreciate all of those of you who have already shown your support and those of you who are thinking about doing it in the future. That's right. Thank you so much for 
being so supportive of us. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And by the way, new this week, if that is, even though we do this twice an episode, if that is too confusing or you don't want to write all that down or whatever, we do have a new Linktree account that will, if you go to that page, our Linktree slash Hyperion Adventures podcast, uh, all our links are located in that one location for you. So you can find all those different things mm-hmm. right there in one easy spot. Very convenient. Very convenient. (laughs) Uh, Before we get into this week's episode, we do are closing out another category for our Hyperion Adventures Disney Hall of Fame. This is our third annual. We've done two of these so far. This is our third season that we're going to be doing these. And we're closing out the category this week for Best Disney song. Now, this is an interesting one because no one made it in. No song Mm -hmm. could get enough of the preponderance of the votes last year to make it officially into the Disney Hall of Fame. We had several that were close, but just didn't quite make it. So we'll see what happens this year. If nothing makes it in this year, we may just say this category is a bit too broad and maybe sunset it, but we'll see how things go. But however, we did get lots of great input this week for songs that will be on our final ballot. And we see where we go from there. But before we get to that final ballot, we always go through our votes, who we pick for our songs. And when we do this, we always start with Michelle. One, because she's awesome, wonderful, all things great, hardworking, intelligent. All the stuff I said at the beginning of the show, minus the stuff I screwed up. Um, But she always has the best list. So let's get to it. Michelle, what are your top five Disney songs? All right. Uh, In no particular order, uh, the theme song from Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Thought that's just such a great classic. Good one. Uh, also a classic, When You Wish Upon a Star, uh-huh, Jiminy perfect. Cricket. Yes, very good. And another classic, just because I like the message of, you know, um, going to the simplicity of life to appreciate it. And that's Bare Necessities oh, from the Jungle Book. Nice. Yes, very Thank good. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, more on an inspirational theme is uh, Dig a Little Deeper. Okay. The Princess and the Frog, yes. And the last one is just because it makes me smile, and it also brings back really great memories of um, the parade over at Disney California Adventure. Uh, When Can We Do This Again from Wreck-It Ralph? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I think of it. I mean, yes, we enjoyed it within that, uh, the movie. The uh, right. I think it's the credits of that yep. movie. But I think we enjoyed it much more watching the Paint the Night Parade, exactly. for sure. Yeah. So. so, And what about yours? So my list, here we go. And these are in no particular order. Uh, out there from the Hunchback of Notre mm-hmm. Dame. Uh, that's How You Know from Enchanted. Right. Feed the Birds from Ooh. Mary Poppins. Uh, of course, hashtag real men love Frozen. So, you know, let it go <laughs> is going to be on my list from Frozen, of course. And uh, also, uh, I see the light from Tangled mm-hmm. has made my list. Because yeah, also, yeah. hashtag real men love Tangled. I'm right. say that right now. So, let's go down our list of our final ballot nominees. And I'm going to start with A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. These are in alphabetical order, by the way. Okay. A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes from Cinderella. Mm-hmm. That is on our final ballot. Uh, Be Our Guest from Beauty and the mm-hmm. Beast. That is also on our final ballot. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Yes, the (laughs) song that Michelle talked about, Beauty and the Beast, from Beauty and the Beast. Bare Necessities did make it in from the Jungle Book. Uh Uh-huh. Feed the Birds from Mary Poppins did make it. Yes. Uh, Friend Like Me from Aladdin Mm -hmm. is on our final ballot. 
Gaston. <laughs> we have a lot of Beauty and the Beast songs going yes. this on. Gaston from Beauty and the Beast made it on. Go the Distance from Hercules. Mm-hmm. I See the Light from Tangled. Okay. Let It Go from Frozen. <laughs> it had to make the list, of course. Uh, make a Man Out of You mm-hmm. from Mulan. Out There from Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Show Yourself from Frozen 2. Mm-hmm. It made it, even though I did not pick it. Wow. So, yeah, a yeah. lot of people like that song. Good, yes. good. Uh, That's How You Know from Enchanted. Mm-hmm. Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid. Right. Uh-huh. When You Wish Upon a Star from yes. Pinocchio. And finally, You're Welcome <laughs> from Moana. Awesome. And you are welcome. Yes. Yes. Great from Moana. List. So those will all be on our final ballot. And when it comes out here, I think, right, judging by the way things are going right now, it's going to be sometime in December. And you'll get to vote on that. And one person that votes on that final ballot will get some sort of prize mm-hmm. package. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple of things that we have um, that I think you're going to like um, that uh, you will enjoy. And we do have a new category open as we speak right now. And this is one that we started. We're now into the classic ones. Classic. From <laughs> the very first time we did this. Uh, and it is best Disney animated film. Now, that could be Disney. That could be Pixar. It doesn't matter. Right. Best animated film. So we do have a few films that made it in. Actually, no, none made it in last year. But during our first year of doing this category, we do have some animated films that already are included in our Hyperion Adventures Disney Hall of Fame. And they are Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, sure. as you can tell from the songs, are right. partly picked. <laughs> and also Toy Story made it in as well. So those are already in. You don't need to worry about those. But any other Disney or Pixar animated film is available for nomination. Very cool. Yeah. So that's a lot of fun. And we'll get to that here within the next couple of weeks. Now, back to the next category that we always <laughs> like to do every week. And that is my favorite thing from this week. It's just the kind of a way to look back and find the good in the, the week that was. What was exciting for us? Was there something Disney related? Was there something personally related? Whatever it is, you can always send us yours. We'd be happy to hear them. You can hit us up on social media, hit us up on our Gmail account, whatever, and we will share those on the show but when we do these we always start with michelle and i don't even ask because i believe she remembers now (laughs) every single week so michelle what is your favorite thing from this week um you know i i had several things to choose from none of them are enormous but i I think the one that i honed in on was um you know on a personal level uh was being able to secure um some certain reservations for some upcoming trips um that we just had patience and just kept trying and it finally came true. So, you know, one for for all of you out there, if you're ever trying to get a reservation, whether it be dining or or otherwise, um, just keep trying it and that pixie dust may fall upon you, so. Yeah, you just gotta keep looking. Um, Sometimes they'll pop open. Usually it's closer to the date when you're getting there because people realize that reservations are going to go through and they may or may not be able to make it. So they'll start canceling. Right. So just keep looking. And uh, there also are some apps out there. I'm not going to advertise for companies, but there are some that can help you with um, finding them when they come available. But the easiest way to do it and the most efficient way to do it is check back every from time to time. Right. And we've gotten some uh, some awesome reservations last minute for yeah. places that we love and right so, right and so. they're very popular as well so yeah definitely yeah, so good that, yeah so that was fun fun yeah. fun finds good yeah that's yeah. really good yeah my yeah. favorite thing from this week was um actually was the planning for our upcoming disney trip here and mm-hmm. it's less than two months out now I know. uh that includes uh, of course the our, our 
a very merry time at mm-hmm. Disney Cruise Sailing, which we're really, really excited about, but possibly some days at Walt Disney World as right. well. So uh, we're doing some planning with that and just time with you and over this weekend, which oh, is always my you. favorite thing every single week. Uh, just the time hanging out with you. Also, of course, doing the show. Uh, those are always the highlight from my week. So. Right. Well, likewise. Thank you, honey. So, so those are our favorite things from this week. Again, hit us up with yours for next week and we'd be happy to share them right. on the next show. Now, as for this show, lots of stuff for you this week, including we now know the dates and a few details for one of our favorite Walt Disney World festivals. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can call it underrated anymore because I think a lot of more people are figuring this right. one out and how great this festival is. We'll talk all about that. Uh, Disney Cruise Line will be floating its way into <laughs> one of the most popular holiday parades. We'll tell you all about that. And an exciting new shop opens at the happiest place on earth. But enough about that. Let's get to our main topic of the week. So yes, as you may have figured out from the song and what I was talking about (laughs) earlier in the show, uh, this week, as we lead into Halloween week, we thought we'd uh, dive into one of the best classic Disney attractions, in my opinion, the best classic Disney attraction. Mm -hmm. That is, of course, uh, Disney's Haunted Mansion. And we're going to stick this time to both the Disneyland Resort and the Walt Disney World Resort because... Last year we did, uh, Michelle did a great research piece on those and some of the other related um, attractions uh, across the globe, you Mm -hmm. know, some of the different Phantom Manors, Mystic Manors and stuff like this. But this time she's going to hone right in on the Haunted Mansion itself. And you know when Michelle does this, well, it's going to be great because (laughs) she does the best research. We know she has the best list. She has the best tips. But Mm. believe me, her research is amazing. There's always interesting (laughs) and fun facts that she comes up with. And you'll learn something that you probably didn't know before. So let's get right to it. It. Michelle, tell us all about Disney's Haunted Mansion. Well, you're, first of all, you're so kind, honey. Thank you. So, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, it really is, uh, you know, I guess it could be considered the quintessential experience. You know, it, it's, you know, definitely survived the test of time. Um, it met Walt's desire to have activities that, you know, parents and kids could enjoy together. Uh, and speaking of Walt, he actually had this in mind you know a haunted mansion since the conception of disneyland it just didn't make it through to the initial cut of what was going to be there on opening day and speaking of opening day it opened its creaking doors on august 9th of 1969 at disneyland resort and was an opening day attraction at uh, the magic kingdom at walt disney world 50 years ago Uh, The idea of the attraction can be noted in early concept arts uh, over at Disneyland before it opened. Uh, There's one example is Harper Goff's first illustration for Disneyland in 1951. And it has the haunted house high on a hill overlooking a country church and graveyard. So, Mm -hmm. it you know, it's deep rooted 
history uh, even before the park opened. Yeah, so, cool. Yeah. Now, I know many of you know a lot of about the Haunted Mansion. You're pretty much experts of, you know, all the cute little finds and things going on. Um, and we've covered some of them last year's episode. So today, I thought we'd look into the development of the ideas and the challenges that they were faced with in creating the Haunted Mansion. Um, but of course, as you mentioned, there'll also be some fun facts in there as well. I have no doubt because Michelle is full of spooky fun <laughs> facts. <laughs> You're so funny. All right. So let's go back, like way back. <laughs> Uh, to 1959, uh, Disneyland was only five years old at that time, and Raleigh, Rolly Crump, I think I got that right, <laughs> Rolly right? Crump, Rolly Crump. We, we figured it out. It's, it, we, we weren't sure if it was Raleigh or Rolly, but we figured it out. It's Rolly Crump. Right. Because he actually says it himself. Right, exactly. So he was uh, pretty new at a WED, you know, Walt Disney Imagineering at that time was that was their name uh and he was one of the first ones that was actually assigned to you know come up with some concepts for the haunted mansion so he actually um he paired up with yale gracier gracie uh and it's funny because what i found out is that they were actually given this large room to sit and you know kind of brainstorm and come up with different ideas uh of what they were going to do and you know, they were looking at like an old spook house approach. Um, but then uh, Rolly actually decided to come up with a different direction for the Haunted Mansion. Um, and he thought about the idea of illusions, mm -hmm. which is, as we know, what we see today. Yes. And interestingly, there were two films that Rolly actually has mentioned in interviews that really stuck with him and that he was drawing from for his concepts of the Haunted Mansion. And one of these was a 1946 movie, Beauty and the Beast. Really? Yeah. And um, so in in this one, it's, it's a little different, obviously, from the animated classic uh, from Walt Disney. But here you can see in the, the film, like there's a hallway and it has arms that are like extended from the walls with candelabras and they move as people walk through. Mm. It's really eerie and creepy. And, um, you know, what he said is when I saw that, I thought to myself how great it all looked and thought we needed to inject some of that stuff into our own haunted mansion with architecture created out of human parts. That's right. a quote from him. Cool. So now if you do subscribe to our newsletter, we'll send you a link of a short clip that shows that it, it was obviously it was a black and white film, but once you see it, I think you'll understand why Rolly really was attracted to that concept you'll see the inspiration essentially yes. back there like you're like oh yeah i can see that that i've seen that within the haunted mansion itself right well yeah you could see the uh, the essence of it gotcha all right so um the other interesting thing i found uh, was that he admitted that his first attempt with a candle man as he called it uh was a man with his hands up in the air and his fingers on fire now, that's not how they appeared in that film. Um, the, it, you know, as I mentioned in the film, it was actual arms holding a candelabra. But it does sound very much like a concept that we see in the Beauty and Beast animated film with, 
Lumiere, right? right? His hands are essentially uh, candles. Candles, right. So, I mean... top of his head. Right. I mean, I didn't see anything in my research that linked that concept of Rolly's initial concept. Um, There is... You can find a picture of that, and I actually spotted it when we watched again the uh behind the attractions this it's just it's like a man um and he's not it's it it is like fingers yeah when they're showing kind of roly um showing his to walt his museum of the weird or whatever little things he one of the pieces that are there you pointed it out that that is something to take note of right and not that i knew exactly what it was because i was waiting for you to tell me but right um yeah i I can see that yeah for sure but like i said it is interesting that it you know it it was common i'm not common it was Similar to what ended up happening with the Lumiere. But mm-hmm. again, I, I'm not saying that he was... It was direct. Right. I'm not saying he was responsible for that. Sure. It's just more interesting, you know, parallel. Gotcha. So, so you know, actually speaking of Rolly, you know, he's done some interviews. Um, I found out he lives in Carlsbad near... <laughs> San Diego. I don't know why we're not having lunch together every day. He's right down the block from right, us. Right, right. Man, that would be so phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> Just wish that could happen. But anyways, uh, in an interview, uh, he recalled the day that the team first presented to Walt uh, the plans for the Haunted Mansion. And uh, so, you know, they descri- he described it as the, there was this room with a very long table in the middle of the room. And Walt sat kind of at one end of it. Uh, the Disney Imagineer uh, Claude Coates presentation was on the right side of the table. Mark Davis was like, has his presentation like directly in front of Walt's view. And uh, the architects had their items on the left side. But Rolly's concepts was um interestingly put like kind of like in the corner behind where walt was sitting so after the end of the presentation which was a four-hour presentation can you imagine I would imagine that'd be fun, actually. But well, yeah. I, I think any work meeting, anything, any work meeting over ten minutes, it feels like four hours right. anyway. So could you imagine a four-hour meeting? Right, right. Yeah. Um, but at the end of that, um, you know, Walt. I mean, he he was definitely a perceptive person, and he actually inquired, like, "What's this stuff behind us, behind me?" You know, and and they're like, uh, "Okay, well, I guess you have to ask Rolly about that." So. Uh, Rolly ended up telling Walt about the two films that he saw that were inspirations for him and that how he really felt that it was important to include some of that kind of concept and the, the, the illusions that came out of that to create a really magical attraction. And um, so Walt did, you know, have a little bit more bantering with a mask for some more explanation, not necessarily spending a lot of time, but just you know, somewhat of the time and, uh, and then ended up just saying, this is kind of weird. Um, and that was a quote from Walt. <laughs> yeah. Really weird. He said, that, uh, is that one of his famous quotes that they post everywhere? Yeah. This is kind of weird. This is kind of weird. Um, you know, and then he just left the room, you know, and that was about it. But the next morning, Rolly, when he gets to work, he finds Walt sitting at his desk, which I'm thinking, God, that's got to be a weird feeling. I mean, 
I, you know, I, I have a great relationship with my boss, but I think if I came into work and my boss was sitting at my desk, I'd be thinking, what's up? Yeah, start, <laughs> should I start packing? Should I get a box yeah, to start packing yeah, my yeah. stuff now? <laughs> Wanted to have a quiet, alone conversation to tell me how I messed up or yeah. something. I don't know. But anyways, that's not what happened. Actually, um, you have some quotes here. Raleigh mentioned, Roly mentioned about Walt. He said, Roly, you son of a gun. I didn't get an ounce of sleep last night because of all those sketches and concept you showed me. They're weird, so weird. Um, and so Rolly was like trying to apologize for that. And Walt's like, no, 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 I, I came up with an answer. He says, we're gonna do a museum of weird and have that next to the haunted mansion. So as you come out, you can go through that that like museum. So, um, Walt, you know, kind of thought, okay, now I've, I've solved it. So he actually then pulled together the six guys who were in the meeting the day before and gave them a 45 minute presentation about the museum of weird and how it was going to work. Mm. So I thought that was pretty interesting that he was inspired by Roly on this concept of something additional to add. And, you know, and I think one of the, the, I guess, quotes or, or terminology that Walt always used was plussing, right. you know, plussing things. And so I think he probably really saw this as plussing the idea of a haunted mansion. Sure. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Right. Now for the exterior, uh, Walt called upon animator Ken Anderson, and he knew it was going to be built in New Orleans Square. Uh, so he actually developed like an 1800s Southern mansion. And the first illustration had it looking kind of dilapidated. Dilapidated? Can I say that word? <laughs> Very well done. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he was pretty surprised, though, when he showed it to Walt. And it was not a hit with Walt. Walt really wanted everything to look fresh and new at Walt uh, uh, Disneyland. And so he wasn't really thrilled with that. Um, Ken Anderson, though, and other Imagineers, though, really felt that, you know, hey, if you're going to have a haunted mansion with ghosts, that's what people would expect. Uh, so that I think they did kind of try to push back with Walt, but Walt really stuck to his guns. And he, he, he said, and this is a quote we've heard from several different sources, he said, we'll take care of the outside. The ghosts can take care of the inside. So, you know, he really just wanted to make sure he stuck with that, you know, more of a, I don't want to say pristine, but not dilapidated. Right. At, so at both of the uh, United States resorts, it isn't dilapidated. No, they're really nice looking uh, mansions in, but different, different styles, but yeah. Yeah, very nice looking on the outside. You wouldn't know uh, when that what you would see if you didn't know anything about the attraction, right. you didn't know what you would come across on the inside of those ju by just looking that, at them on the outside. Right, exactly. You know, and I think you know when you look at a lot of things with Disney, he really didn't always do what was expected, and so having something unexpected happen just made that experience better. Yeah. So I thought it was pretty keen of him actually to kind of consider it that way. And I like, and um, I don't know if you see this at the Walt Disney World version. I, it, 
pardon me if you do, because mm-hmm. I'm just so used to the Disneyland. I've done the Disneyland one being that I've been sure. on the West Coast almost my entire life. On um, the Disneyland much more is that, you know, when you even when you go in there and you walk down the hallway after the stretching room, mm-hmm. uh, there are the windows like you see on the outside, the exterior of the Haunted Mansion. Uh, and you yeah. can see like lightning uh, bursts right. going through that and thunder. And so it, you already get the feel of, it feels like you're looking through what is the exterior right. or where the windows and everything that you see in the queuing up to that. Right. Uh, and then, you know, you notice it on the inside and it's already starting to get into that spooky mode right. with the lightning. And, the, right. and then you have the portraits across the way that change, that morph as you go through it. So. Sure. Oh, interesting. Con- interesting perception on that. I I can't say as I've really noticed that at either Disneyland or Walt Disney World to to really make note of that. It's easy not to notice it because you kind of get drawn because of those portraits are, right. and they draw your eye and they're so interesting to look at and how they uh, morph yeah, gradually. Right. Um, th- th- that is what draws. And then it's the other side that you notice the right. windows and, sure. and that, that makes it look like you know what is like you actually are on the opposite side of the wall where right. you just went through the queue interesting mm-hmm. hmm. very good honey mm-hmm. all right so um you know that's kind of how things were starting to develop but now start some of the challenges you know that one would like to think that hey this was uh, in somebody's mind whether it was walt he told them this is what he wanted and it happen but that just isn't the course that this attraction took so uh, the initial challenge actually was a disruption in the plans to focus attention on the world's fair you know and as we've learned and from some of our other episodes that yeah that um, it was not a very long lead time that Walt Disney had to where he realized they had to do these attractions for the world's fair so he just really pulled all his talent off any existing projects for the most part and said, Hey, we need to work on the world's fair. All all hands on deck. Right. Exactly. So, you know, obviously, you know, as you would imagine anything that you're doing, whether it's a project for work a project for home, personal school, whatever, you know, having such a, a, a disruption really stops that flow. And then, knowing that it's not disrupted for a day, it's for like a year, you know? So that was pretty challenging to the people who were uh, working on it. Not to mention that when they ended up coming back to regroup, some of them were at that point reassigned to some other things. So you didn't even have all of the original people who were working on it to begin with. Mm -hmm. So um, the next challenge that they ended up facing was, um, that the technology learned at the World's Fair was something that Walt decided he wanted to implement into this attraction as well. So originally it was conceived as being like a walk through Haunted Mansion, uh, but now Walt's like, hey, we have these Omni movers, they're great, and they move people through quickly, and so, ta-da, let's put these in as a way. So that really changed the direction of a lot of the things that was being that were being planned because you needed to take a different view of how people were moving through this into what you could present it couldn't it wasn't going to translate the same as somebody walking through so um you know like Rolly and Yale had developed um that right after you came out of the elevators uh, you know while the stretching stretching room excuse me the stretching room (laughs) 
There's no elevators. I know. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) That room is really stretching. It's not part of your imagination. Well, that is true at Walt Disney World. It is stretching at Walt Disney World, just as stretching up. They're stretching in different ways, right? Depending on which which park you're in. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And uh, the one at Disneyland is stretching down. (laughs) So, but anyways, um, Rolly and Yale had actually you know, developed that once you came out of that stretching room, there would be ghosts appearing in air, you know, like in front of you and that that would work for a walkthrough, but not necessarily a ride. And the other concept too, is that when you're in a ride, there is some element of feeling safe because you're, you know, somewhat surrounded, you have a bar in front of you, etc. So that they had to now come up with different, you know, um, vignettes to keep you feeling involved in a different way. So that was, you know, quite challenging when you're thinking you're, you know, going, you're zigging, now you're going to zag. And so, I mean, that was you know, a disruption also to the whole flow of things. And I would think that, you know, the good thing about the doom buggy as opposed to a walkthrough style attraction is that, you know, you, you, it's more like when you're doing the walkthrough, you can look at various different things. It makes it different that you are looking in different directions. You are more in control. Sure. Whereas the, the doom buggy essentially, or any attraction car dictates where your attention right. should basically be. I mean, right. not that you can't look around and see different things, but right. it, 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 it'll tell you, it it allows easier storytelling for the Imagineers because they, they will focus on a certain right. area. Right, I think when they were trying to look at the concept of being some elements of being scary or spooky, however you want to do it, again, when you're contained, it can only reach you so closely. Right, so, sure, that's so. true. Um, The next hurdle related to, you know, Walt's decision to, you know, make it a a ride um, was the fact that he and the technologies they learned from the World's Fair. He's like, okay, let's get all the best Imagineers together to work on this because they're going to come up with something really amazing. And so one would think, that's great. You have all this wonderful talent coming together. But the problem is you have all this wonderful talent coming together that may not see the same direction. Many different points of view. Yes. You know, and and most of them all had kind of like an equal weight in the organization to feel like, you know, normally they're the ones that may be in charge of something or calling the shots. And now they're paired with colleagues that are at the same level and the kind of conflict or especially when you're talking creative people of how that could really translate in trying to develop something. Mm-hmm. So now I think you've heard of the San Diego Union Tribune, right? Honey? Heard of it. I think you have some history there, right? Um, not me personally, but my family. Yes. Yes. A yeah, little right. bit, a little bit, a little right. taste of it. <laughs> Being so modest. Uh, anyways, um, not too long ago, the union, the San Diego Union Tribune also did an interview of Rolly Crump. Um, and he actually described you know, his perception of this conflict of all these people coming together. He said, with so many creative minds involved, there was push and pill of ideas over the years. Should it have a single storyline or multiple? Should it be for kids or adults? Should it be funny or scary? So he felt like it, you know, it really lacked clear direction uh, to make the plans really move. 
So, yeah, I could see where that in the, it's discussed in behind the attraction, how right. they, there are issues with, you know, some people wanted it to be funny and hilarious and goofy. Right. And some people wanted it to be super scary, like a, you know, a haunted mansion. Right. There should be, or like some of these uh, Halloween horror nights, uh, things that are going on at, at Universal Parks right. or whatever, something along those lines. And uh, when you have people pulling in different directions, sometimes it can be difficult to see eye to eye. Right, right. Now, um, and I don't want to give away too many things from behind the attraction because I do want, I don't want to be a spoiler for that. I, I want to let people enjoy some of that. There are some things we're touching on about that. But in one of them I do want to mention is that actually it was very um, creative of Walt to consider putting people who may not see eye to eye on a concept to see how they could together um, develop something really amazing you know and and it's funny you're we're seeing more and more that in society these days you know like Walt really being ahead of his time I mean we're here about collab collabs and things like that within other industries and that it's really being seen as bringing the best out of of all these creative minds and so it's interesting to see Walt really had really honed in on that skill set decades and decades ago. Yeah. And it definitely paid an advantage uh, to what ended up being the haunted mansion, you know, because of the fact that if they, if they just stuck with one thought on it, you know, that it should go this way or it should go that way, it'd be a completely different attraction. And uh, don't know if it would be as beloved. Right. uh, And still as, you know, it's still as good. It still holds up to this mm-hmm. day. Right. Um, even though it's uh, 50 years old. Yeah. You know, it's more than 50 yeah. year old yeah. attraction. Right. Um, it still holds up to this day. I mean, they have tweaked it some. Right. But uh, for the most part, a lot of that, that was there on opening day is exactly. still there within that ride. That's right. Yeah. So now there was one more challenge. It was actually the biggest challenge that the team had to face. And that was the unexpected and untimely passing of Walt Disney. Um, The Imagineers were already, as we mentioned, struggling for direction. Um, And Disney legend Mark Davis actually summed up his feelings in an interview about this. Um, He said, there were too many people. I think we had a lot of confusion because Walt had not been gone all that long. I think there were a lot of great ideas, but when you have too many people of equal clout, nobody's nobody's about to say, hey, wait a minute, let's do it this way, which Walt would have done in a moment. Yeah, you kind of need that project leader somewhere. So, you know, I mean, too, you know, it's the, the cliche of too many chefs spoil the broth. Yeah, and right. That's exactly where it could have gone. Right, right. And not to mention, I mean, the fact that these people were devastated, you know, and um, you know, their cherished leader is gone. I mean, so they're, they're like trying to cope with that and how to be creative and collaborative when you're really feeling so devastated. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that we've talked about recently is in seeing some of these videos of people being interviewed, you know, in more recent times, talking about that period and still being very tearful every time they they think about it and you know so I mean it it just shows you how impactful Walt Disney was to these people and you know so now they're suffering from a loss and 
from the person who would actually be their cheerleader and maybe help guide them into a certain direction. So losing that guidance as well. Yeah, I mean, more than it was about 55 years later, since his passing, mm-hmm. people are still uh, getting emotional in these interviews and choking up uh, yeah. over the thoughts of things that have Walt uh, said to them or how he helped them in their careers right. or whatever it may be. It's it's pretty incredible that, they, you know, how deeply he affected these people. Right, right. You know, it's interesting because doing this research and, and having to, you know, learn a little bit about some of these people in a little more depth than what I've had in the past. It actually makes me think we need to do an episode or two on some of them. But anyways, we we have the plans to do that for sure. So, um, but getting back to the haunted mansion, in spite of all that, thankfully the Imagineers were able to pull their best ideas together. And on August 9th, 1969, as I mentioned, those iron gates finally opened up to a very eager public. Um, very eager. Very eager. Because it actually had been there for quite a while. Yeah, and, the, uh, the exterior. Right. Yeah, the, the mansion itself. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, the way that Kim Irvine kind of describes this now, she was the art director for Disney uh, Imagineering. But more interestingly, I guess, she is the daughter of Leota Toombs, a.k.a. Madam Leota. Mm-hmm. Um, what she says is, quote, it's like a cocktail party that you're going through. It's like, oh, I'm in a seance. Ah, there's a birthday party in the ballroom. Oh, here's a swinging wake in the graveyard. You know, so I th- and I think that does kind of sum it up. You, you, you feel like you're, you know, at some kind of a party or celebration and, you know, kind of going in from area to area and seeing what the guests are doing there. So, so anyways, despite all those incredible obstacles, um, we do end up with an amazing attraction that, as we said, continues to provide fun for guests for more than 50 years. Um, and it's one of those rides that people really don't want to see change either. They really like it the way it is. Yeah. I mean, we love, the Haunted Mansion holiday version with the Nightmare Before mm-hmm. Christmas overlay that they do out here on in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But there are some people that don't like it. They don't want the Haunted Mansion to be different at any time. They want to be the original Haunted Mansion right. uh, year round. And now, I don't see that. It's not me personally. I love the Haunted Mansion holiday. I think you've said that you almost prefer right, yeah. the Haunted Mansion holiday version. I like the fact that we have the opportunity to experience both. You get the right. classic attraction as it, pretty much as it was meant to be back when it opened in 1969. Right. Uh, but you also get this interesting take on the holiday season right. and the nightmare before Christmas. And it, it just, it livens it up, freshens it up. And I, I find it fascinating every, every year and look forward to it every year. Exactly. Me too. I mean, it is a change, but we all know it's only a temporary change. So, and I think that's something that can, you know, ease some people's yeah. mind as well, you know, but I think for the majority of, you know, all the other elements of the uh, Haunted Mansion at both Disneyland and Walt Disney World, people do want to keep that consistency of what the original 
produced. Right. And, and I wouldn't want to see Haunted Mansion Holiday there year round. Right. I right. like that the, the four or five months out of the year that it's there, you get to enjoy it. It's the McRib factor. You know? <laughs> yes. It, it makes something that much nicer because they take it away from you uh, every so often. Not that I feel that way about the McRib, but you know, that's why people like storm, right. the, you know, or the Shamrock Shake or anything yeah, like right. that. It's like, time only. those are fine. There's nothing wrong with them, but they make them feel extra special because they're only there for that's a short true. time. And that is kind of the way I feel about the Haunted Mansion holiday. It's great. Love it. I like the classic Haunted Mansion just a little bit better personally. Sure. sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, in terms of the development and we did at the beginning say, you know, we're, we're really kind of clumping this as both the Disneyland and Walt Disney World because the one at Walt Disney World was really developed to be the same uh, for the most part. Um, before I get into any fun facts, though, do you have anything else you want to say about the development process or, you know, how this attraction came to be? I just think you it when you ride the attraction, especially after watching the special, mm-hmm. you know, on Disney Plus, um, and then going through, you know, the great stuff. Your your research always fantastic, and even oh, more stuff you. that isn't involved in that that you've broken out here that I love. Thank you. Um, the, you it it definitely when you go on the haunted mansion, uh, you can see every piece of those wonderful Imagineers that uh, right. had a different perspective of how this attraction should be right. uh, all coming together in an amazing conglomeration of scariness, right. hilarity, yes. excitement. It's that's why it's like, it's the perfect classic attraction for me. And right. That's why I love it so much. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you. All right. So here's some fun facts for everybody. Uh, the organ that's in the ballroom scene actually was Captain Nemo's pipe organ from the 1954 classic film, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So, uh, you know, they... And that's the one at the Disneyland version. Right, right, yeah. yeah. So they uh, repainted it and, you know, put some other spooky things about it. But the organs in the other haunted mansions are exact replicas of Mm, it. Interesting. So it's the original prop from the movie uh, and the others are all duplicates of that. And speaking of... Props of props. Props of props. Yes. Speaking of twofers, uh, the pistol carrying duelists uh, who come out of the portrait in the ballroom scene also are two of the audio animatronic face sculptures recycled from Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. So, um, you know, the, they, they've just taken them the same character and just put them in a different location. I think we learned that about, I think when we were on one of the tours, I right. don't know if it was the Kingdom of the, our, uh, uh, Keys to the Kingdom tour mm-hmm. or one of the other ones that we've been on that if you were to take off the hair and throw on a hat or whatever, right. a lot of the, the audio animatronics, and I'm sorry if I'm spoiling this for anybody <laughs> out there, a lot of the audio animatronics are very similar or almost identical. It's just a matter of how you dress them up, right. what wig you put on them, what you know, makeup or paint or whatever you put yeah, on them. Yeah. But the faces, you could put them into the different attractions and they would work. Right, exactly. Like the, the, the lady blowing out the candles, right. I think, is still the guy from... Isn't he from the well? Yeah. The well in Pirates. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Sorry. Spoiler. I'm sorry. This is a spoiler alert before that, but yes. 
You'll uh, never be able to look at them both the same way I again know, anymore. I know, right? So, uh, some other fun facts. The unlucky number 13 is a recurring element within the uh, attraction. Uh, so, there are 13 tombstone epitaphs uh, that are actually tributes to Disney Imagineers. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Grand Hall, there are 13 candles on top of the birthday cake. The spell book that's in the uh, seance circle is open to pages 1312 and 1313. The grandfather clock that, you know, goes backwards. Yes, the creature clock. Yes, it is actually going past the number 13 mm-hmm. and not 12. Right. So um, the so at the Disneyland Resort, the hearse that's outside, uh, it had kind of a unique backstory of how it got there. Uh, actually, in, in the uh, early 1990s, there was some plans for a young Indiana Jones epic stump spectacular, kind of to, I guess, be an offshoot of the one that's at uh, Disney Hollywood Studios, uh, but over here on the West Coast. And so Imagineer uh, Bob Barnick, he persuaded them to at Disneyland to purchase this Hertz from a local antique dealer so that it could be used in the show. But then once the show was abandoned, then um, Barnick actually started pitching the idea of putting it outside the Haunted Mansion. However, Disney legend Tony Baxter, who was the Disneyland creative lead at that time, you know, said, well, before we do that, it really has to be a tie-in with the Haunted Mansion. So he actually became inspired by the, you know, I don't know if people would remember these or seen them, but the invisible dog on a leash. Yes, of course. (laughs) I owned one of those. I I loved it. I I loved it. It just cracked me up every time I saw those. Um, But anyways, Baxter started thinking about that and he said, let's hitch up the Hertz to a phantom horse. And, uh, you know, kind of made it a clever photo op, too. So that debuted in September 1995. And it was such a hit that they decided to add it over at uh, the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. Very cool. Yeah. Um, And speaking of Walt Disney World, uh, when they were developing the props and the sets and all the things to make the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, uh, they knew that it was only going to be a couple of years later that the the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World would have a Haunted Mansion as well. So they just bought and made two of everything. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So made it easy for made them. Made it easier. Always easier. <laughs> like if you're a chef, it's always easier to make twice the amount of food than it is to make it two different times. That's true. Um, because That's it's not point. twice the labor to make two times the amount of right. food. But it is if you do it at separate, diff- if, if it's different times, uh, different occasions. So uh, I'm sure point. that was probably the same thing when they were doing these. Right. So that, that right. worked out timingly. Yes. Timing-wise. Excellent point. Good. Um, and, uh, you know, we talked about the Haunted Mansion is in other parts of the world. It's actually the only Disney attraction that is in four different lands in four different parks. So even here in the United States, uh, at Disneyland, it's in New Orleans Square. At Walt Disney World, it's in Liberty Square. Fantasyland at Tokyo Disneyland. And Frontierland at Disneyland Paris. Yes, as uh, Phantom Manor in Disneyland Paris. Right, right. Um, We mentioned about the Imagineer Leota Tombs. Uh, A funny story is that she was actually rehearsing her incantation lines on the night of her daughter's school dance and 
Her daughter's date was like, wow, what's up with your mom? <laughs> what family am I getting into I possibly here? <laughs> Weirdo. Yeah. Um, uh, it, I'll definitely have your daughter home. Right. Time. Exactly. I don't need a curse. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, in, in the thoughts of returning from the grave with this topic, um, since the reopening in 2021 uh, at Disneyland, we could see the return of an original attraction painting called April to December. Uh, guests can now once again see that portrait uh, in the portrait hallway. It, it's a, a really beautiful young woman and she ages before your eyes. They so. actually shifted it from where it used to be. It used mm -hmm. to be in the main portrait hallway where all the portraits are that I was talking about that uh, change, mm -hmm. they morph. Right. Um, this one is when you go through the queue, you go down that hallway and then you kind of cut back before you get to your doom buggy. Right. As you cut back and go, it's on your right hand side. They moved it to the other side of that hallway yes. because I guess because they already had uh, the other ones right. there. But yeah, it's back and it's, it's yeah. it was good to see it back. Right. From the original. And mm -hmm. another OG feature that returned uh, years later was the Hatbox Ghost. And uh, there's... But only at Disneyland. Right. And so there's a lot of that discussion which was really cool story in that um behind the attraction so again i don't want to spoil that for people um food to die for uh at disneyland's french market you can actually get a slice of haunted mansion wedding cake and it's a chocolate cake with buttercream frosting some cherries uh cream cheese filling and a splatter of cherry sauce to look like blood yes <laughs> So um, if you're interested in wanting to know a little bit more about this history, um, there are a couple other ways that you can see this on Disney+. Plus. Uh, as we mentioned, Behind the Attraction ha does have one that's specifically about the Haunted Mansion, but there's also um, A Wonderful World of Color, which is on Disney+, Plus called Disneyland Around the Seasons. And that has Walt with some of the Imagineers talking about what's coming ahead. And that's where we see some things related to the Haunted Mansion that are shown there. And it's just kind of interesting seeing um, from before it opened. And, and knowing now that they really didn't have a direction at that point when that show came out, it's really interesting to see that, that you can see it's like, okay, we'll have a little of this, a little of that, you know? <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Hadn't kind of fine-tuned it yet at that point. <laughs> so anyways, um, you know, I think that's about a wrap on this deep dive into, you know, how the Haunted Mansion came to be. Um, I, I hope you find it. It's been helpful to have another appreciation for, the, for this wonderful attraction and... Uh, let me know if there's any questions. Yes. Uh, Michelle always has the best research. She has the best answers for your <laughs> questions as well. Uh, thank you, sweetheart. That was a spooktacular uh, look back at the Haunted Mansion. Well, um, thank I, you. I want to know, what, which one do you prefer? Now I'm going to take out the Haunted Mansion holiday, which you've already mm -hmm. said you prefer. But uh, which version do you prefer? Do you prefer the Walt Disney World version or the Disneyland version of the Haunted Mansion? They're both great. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. Yeah, and, and they're so the one that pretty you, similar right. in a lot of ways. Um. You know, uh, that's a tough one. I, 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 I can't really, I think if this was a top five, it'd be my A and B of one of the categories. <laughs> um, I, I like them for different reasons. I think I do like the one at Disneyland, the fact that you are 
actually descending when you do the stretching room. I like that concept. Um, I do also find it intriguing of the pathway that it takes and things like that. But in terms of just the experience, I think they're pretty similar. I don't know if you have a preference. Yeah, and it's interesting to me because um, I, the Disneyland version will always be my version, you mm -hmm. know, and same with the exterior that you mm -hmm. mentioned there is my version of the Haunted Mansion. Right. But uh, within the attraction itself, and definitely the queue, the queue is so much better. Not that we spend all, we've uh, ever <laughs> spent <laughs> a ton of time uh, within the queue at Walt mm -hmm. Disney World. The queue is... Uh, a million times better True. and more interesting at Walt Disney World. That's a very um, good point. But the attraction, the way it plays out uh, and um, it, within Walt Disney World, I think is just slightly better. I just think mm -hmm. there's a couple extra rooms that are there. Sure. I mean, Disneyland does have the Hatbox Ghost, which I love the Hatbox. Right. I was so glad when they added the Hatbox mm -hmm. Ghost uh, back and they, they figured the technology out and were able to add that back. Um, but just kind of the way the story plays out, I think that gives Walt Disney World and the queue mm -hmm. uh, a slight edge, sure. but they're, they're both awesome and excellent. Right, right. You know, and, you know, as we've seen in, in the past when Walt Disney World was being developed, many of the attractions, they were trying to just do like a East Coast Disneyland. So, but I think to me, um, you know, and so when you're talking original, they sort of both are original because it was just from when the opening day, but the plans for it ended up being similar to at the mm -hmm. same timeline development. But I think doing this research, I really was amazed at the, and it was just keeping with the theme, how much of a scary path it was to get this attraction <laughs> really honed in and developed. Yeah. It took them years to, to finally, to figure it all out. Yeah. Like and a said, lot of challenges. You mentioned uh, they, they wanted to have it opening day of Disneyland mm -hmm. and it took them, you know, 14 years before they were finally right. able to, to get it accomplished, get it done, um, get the idea, the concept figured out. And right. what they came up with is brilliant. Right. And awesome. And uh, we love it dearly. Again, that's the one attraction that I, I is a must do, mm -hmm. whether it be at Disneyland, whether it be at Magic Kingdom. It's a must do every right. time I go, every time we go. Yeah. So um, great. Good job, sweetheart. Um, your research is always <laughs> fantastic. I always learn something I didn't know before every single time. I hope that's the same for you out there as well. And again, if you do have any, any questions for Michelle about the Han Mansion, if you just want to reach out to us uh, to tell us what your favorite version is do you have some memories of it i'll tell you my one of my memories is that it's one of my first disney memories at the park at all is that the first time i rode the haunted mansion at disneyland i cried like a <laughs> little girl um because i was scared to death of it you know but you. now i love it dearly it's a it's it's just such a a, a great great attraction yeah sure. it totally definitely is yeah so and you know like i said to um this story has more parts to it that you know if you want to if you have disney plus and you want to explore that i didn't want to spoil anything no very good thank very, you great job michelle yes uh please hit us up if there's uh, any questions or if you want to express anything about the episode and any other episode for that matter uh of course at our gmail account hyperion adventures podcast at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media and we'll be brad glad to bring them up on an upcoming episode that's right so Great job, Michelle. Thank Always you. does the best research. <laughs> and that is our ghoulish guidebook <laughs> to Disney's Haunted Mansion.
much fun. I hope you love the Haunted Mansion as much as we do. And we hope you have a really happy Halloween week. We hope that uh, you're getting together for some safe, you know, healthy get-togethers with friends and family and uh, having a good time as, uh, you know, I mean, I know there was a little bit of Halloween last year, but Halloween's much more back this exactly. year. Exactly. So uh, let's get to our Disney stories mm-hmm. of the week. I do have a few for you this week, and I'm going to start with we now know the date and a few details for one of our favorite Walt Disney World festivals. Yeah. This is exciting. We're trying to plot out a possibility of getting out there for this for sure and i think it's going to happen uh this from the disney parks blog the new year will be here before you know it so now is the time to plan your visit to the epcot international festival, festival of, of the, the arts Art. yes it's Woo-hoo. exciting it's debuting on january 14th and it's running all the way through february 21st of 2022 it's, it's really too short to it me. is i mean i know they want to get to flower and garden because that mm-hmm. is a, an amazing mm-hmm. festival but man festival of the arts i always feel like it should go you know maybe another month exactly longer into yes. march or something yeah. but uh, of course that's a global celebration of performing culinary and visual arts uh and there's a great more great news about this year as opposed to what we saw last year and that is that disney on broadway the concert series is returning for Yay. this year's festival where you can see some of your favorite Favorite uh, entertainers perform Disney songs live at American Gardens Theater and World Showcase. Something we've all we we've been to the Arts Festival right. many many times. Uh, have never been able to catch one of those shows. We've mm-hmm. seen the Disney on Broadway D twenty three Expo, right. some of the stuff on some of the Disney cruise ships that they've done, right. um, but we've never actually seen it at Epcot. So hopefully we can work that out this year. Yeah, we're looking forward to possibly seeing that. Yeah, That's we don't great. have a list of the performers yet, but it's probably all the names that you've seen in the past because they tend to do this regularly and they do such a great job Um, and it's always a lot of fun and they usually have some sort of dinner or dining package that goes along with it that can get you you know the easier seats kind of like the uh, candlelight professional and everything else so also during the festival, art lovers of all ages can enjoy inspirational experiences such as culinary delights from food studios around World Showcase. The food has gotten so much better every time mm-hmm. we've gone to the Arts yes. Festival every single year. Uh, the wonderful walk of colorful cuisine, a <laughs> fun food stroll featuring five delicious sweet and savory treats. Right, uh, That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, chalk artists, which are always spectacular. Oh the chalk God, art is insane it's unbelievable you, you, yeah, you sometimes you would great. hardly know that that is chalk right on sidewalk out there on concrete and, and the depth that they can get yeah. from that too this is crazy they'll be back uh photo ops where you can step into famous artwork is always a lot of fun mm-hmm. the paint by number mural is always yes. great uh figments brush with the master scavenger <laughs> hunt always love when right. figments involved uh more performance and visual artists and of course this is disney special festival merchandise <laughs> as well what? so uh looking forward to checking that out we're trying to figure out uh, when we can be out there but i think we're gonna figure out a way to make this work during those days yeah. somehow yeah, so. fingers crossed yeah so hopefully that will be great now uh moving on finally near us on the west coast there's an exciting new shop that just opened mm-hmm. up at the disneyland resort at the happiest place on earth again back to the disney parks vlog They said they were excited to announce that Plaza Point, the all-new holiday store on Main Street USA in Disneyland Park, opened on Thursday of this past week at the Disneyland Resort. Uh, Inside Plaza Point, you can find fun 
uh, seasonal items from ornaments to home decor, collectibles, and more. And throughout the year, the store will change seasonally to showcase additional holidays as well, such as Lunar New Year, Easter, and Halloween, just to name a few. Uh, that means you'll want to make a stop at Plaza Point each time you visit to not only see the latest decor, but also the shop and current seasonal merchandise. And also, this was announced uh, during that story uh, that they will be doing hand-painted personalized ornaments so they'll you you pick out an ornament they will personalize it for you and they will be doing that not just even though it's shifting during the year to you know have portions of it based on different holidays right uh this will be there all year long so you know a lot of people like to go in to the parks and they pick out an ornament or something and that is our reminder of our of our vacation and it could be at the parks it could be anywhere you go that is like we put that on our tree every year so we can think about that wonderful vacation we want uh this is great you'll be able to personalize your ornaments there right in this shop you know i was um looking because we haven't been there since thursday i was looking just at the out the exterior and it's beautiful and it blends in really well and it actually made me look think oh, i'm going to definitely be drawn into that building oh yeah <laughs> i mean when we're at walt disney, when we're at magic kingdom at walt disney world uh and we're in liberty square we always make a stop into the christmas shop <laughs> sure. there we have to yes uh so this will definitely be a, a must stop in right uh, for virtually every trip we go to disneyland and it'll probably cost us a lot of money <laughs> i don't know we'll be but, strong and we'll, but we'll have our discount but what at disney doesn't cost us a lot of money is the question so that's my disney stories of the week however Michelle has a Disney story of the week. And we always know Michelle has not only the best research, the best lists, the best tips. She also has the best Disney stories. So, Michelle, tell Uh, us your story for this week. You're sweet. Uh, You know, and this comes from uh, Disney Parks blog. But the Disney company did announce this week that, uh, as you teed up at the beginning, that Disney Cruise Line is going to have a float in this year's Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which is pretty cool. Um, The cruise ship float will be christened magic meets the sea uh and obviously it's it's kind of it's inspired by the newest ship that's coming out next year the disney wish um they're going to have they're saying 15 disney friends or characters who will actually represent stories and experience from the disney wish uh, they and they actually highlighted a couple of them Captain Minnie Mouse mm-hmm. will be there. And as we've seen in some of the uh, pictures, uh, she will actually be uh, on the ship's bow. And all the other ships, I believe, just have Mickey. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is very cool to have it's Minnie really cool. Mouse. Really yes. Cool, yeah. uh, Cinderella will be featured in the float because as every Disney cruise ship has a unique bronze statue in their great grand hall, the Disney Wish will have a bronze statue of Cinderella mm-hmm. on board. Yeah. Uh, Princess Tiana is going to be there. Um, they said she'll be cooking up some interactive fun and adventure aboard the Disney Wish. It sounds like it's going to be similar to what they have right now on the Disney Dream and Fantasy where you have that um, like a missions game that you can do throughout the ship. But this mm-hmm. one will be uh, with Princess Tiana, which I think is a great That's theme. great. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. We can't wait to try that when we get to cruise on her next year. Right. Uh, and Aladdin and Jasmine are going to be on the float because their story has actually been reimagined into uh, an original Broadway-style show that will be on board the Disney Wish. So uh, it sounds like it's going to be a spectacular addition to the parade, and I'm looking forward to catching it. Yeah, I'm not usually one who is, and you know, forgive me, because I know a lot of you love this parade. I've never been a uh, Macy's 
Thanksgiving Day parade mm-hmm. person. I'm all about the Rose Parade. Love right. the Rose Parade. Yes. Uh, the Thanksgiving Parade never hit home to me, maybe being because I'm on the West Coast. Maybe that's why I like the Rose Parade. Since it is West Coast, mm-hmm. I've been able to attend it. I have not been able to do that for the Thanksgiving Day Parade. However, we will be tuned in and uh, looking forward to that. And if you want to tune into it, it's going to be on NBC uh, November 25th, of course, Thanksgiving Day. Mm-hmm. And that'll be uh, from 9 a.m. to noon, and no matter what time zone you're in. You may not be seeing it live, right. uh, but it will be uh, in your time zone at 9, starting at 9 a.m. Cool. Yes, yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah, so very cool. Michelle stories, <laughs> always the best stories. <laughs> Speaking of the best from Michelle, she always has the best tips. You know this, right? <laughs> well, let's get right to it. Let's get to our tip of the week. Started with Michelle's well, tip you. of the week. I think you're just doing it in alphabetical order, but that's sweet that you say such nice things. So, um, so here's my tip of the week. If you're ever in need of some medical equipment on your Walt Disney World trip, so let's say you need an oxygen tank or a walker or commode and you're staying at the resorts, uh, you can actually check out guest health care services presented by Advent Health. Uh, on the webpage, or you can call 407-939-7480. Again, that's 407-939-7480. And, you know, there you can find a lot of information about the details of what healthcare equipment rental and and, uh, delivery arrangements you have uh, available to you. Now, note that it's provided by Advent Health, uh, not by Disney, so there will be a separate charge, um, and some may be covered by your own insurance carrier, some may not, but, you know, just if there is that need, something unexpected happens, or you find you are in planning it, want to uh, arrange for this, it's available to you. Very cool. Thank uh, you. Yeah, good information, definitely important stuff that a lot of people may need. So yeah. Michelle's tips, always the best <laughs> tips. Let's get to yours, honey. Uh, my tip, my lesser tip. Uh, I'm just going to look, you know, you maybe you've been at the parks all day, but, you know, their times are closed and you, you know, you're just not done yet. You still want a little more time in the parks, you know. And, mm-hmm. um, there are a couple of ways you can do that. You do not need to leave right when they say, you know, oh, it's nine o'clock, parks ding, closed. Ding, ding, it's ding, 11 ding. o'clock, parks <laughs> closed, whatever. You don't need to head right for the gate. You can do that if you want. But if you want to just, you know, linger a little bit longer, enjoy a little bit more of the magic, there are a few ways to do this. The easiest way is just head to the shops. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the shops are usually open after for up to an hour after what is uh, talked about as, right. as official park closing. So you can go into the shops and peruse around, find that extra stuff. And sometimes that's the best time to do it because you don't want to carry around this stuff all sure. day if you can avoid it. Right. Um, and, and then, you, you know, you can stick around there until about an hour and then you go out and head on your way if you want you can mm-hmm. even pop out and maybe get a shot with hardly anybody on the street which is always great you right. see these on social media you're like how did they get a shot in front of the castle when there's like nobody there right. in yes. front of it usually it's something like this that happens and how mm-hmm. they do that they've just stuck around a little longer now you don't want to lollygag completely <laughs> i mean let the cast members get home when right. they're supposed to get home <laughs> but you can do some of this a couple other ways uh, you could have a late dining reservation mm-hmm. i mean sometimes they'll have dining reservations up to like a half hour before closing right. uh, if you get in there and they're not going to tell you you need to you know sorry it's closing you need to get <laughs> chop chop eat your meal and get out Here's of your here food. we're going to just yeah. box it up for you yeah no you can finish your meal and get out of there at a 
regular pace. I w- uh-huh. Again, let the cast members get home on time. Don't just lollygag completely. Right. Uh, but you you can stick around a little longer for that. And that goes for like Savvy's workshop as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a late reservation to go build a lightsaber, right. um, you can get out of there a little bit later. And, sure. and finally, the other way to do this is as long as you're in line for attraction before the attraction closes, you know, before park closes, mm-hmm. you can stick in that queue and ride that attraction until it closes. So right. it's, you know, that, that means that you may, especially if it's some of the ones that still have a fair weight. I mean, usually by that time, most of them are chopped down to a reasonable wait right. time, but there's still going to be some of the more popular attractions that are going to still be 30, 40 minutes right. or so. Uh, you can still ride that, you know, wait in that queue, mm-hmm. ride that attraction, and then head out at your leisure Good after point. that. So just a little ways to get a little bit more time in the parks, a little more magic right. out of your Disney visits. Very good. Awesome tip, honey. I like that. I really Thanks. like that. Thank you. So uh, that's it for this week. Next week, well, a little over two years ago, we did a two-part series discussing the differences in how to approach vacations at the two U.S. Disney parks and resorts. Well, there have been... A few, <laughs> many changes <laughs> since then. And we thought this might be a great time to take another look at those topics. So this week, this coming week, uh, we'll be revisiting Disneyland for the Walt Disney World fan. And then the following week, we'll be look back at Walt Disney World for the Disneyland fan. So if you're a fan, like let's say you go to Disneyland regularly, right. but you've only been to Walt Disney World a couple times, or maybe you've never, never. been, but you're planning out a trip, we're going to tell you, what to expect, where there's some similarities, and where there's some differences, and the same for vice versa. If you're a Walt Disney World fan and are heading to Disneyland for the first time ever, what's different about Disneyland from Walt Disney World right. and what to expect? So you know going in exactly how to approach these resorts. Right. Hopefully give you some some real solid planning ideas to really be able to maximize your time. Yep. Information, strategies, tips. We'll try and hit it all for you. Yeah. And uh, it should be a lot of fun. Those were popular episodes when we did those a couple of years ago. Things have changed. Right. So we thought we'd freshen that up and bring those back to you. Yeah. Yeah, so as for today, we appreciate that you join us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there... Please sign up for our newsletter. We love having that experience with you. Yes, uh, just another way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. We get stuff out to you first uh, whenever we can if you're a member of the newsletter. And like Michelle said, we're going to have something special for you to check Mm -hmm. out where you might be interested in on this week's newsletter. Another way to be involved with the show is to follow us on social media. Please find us on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, Come on down and join us on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. Just a great space for positive Disney energy to be out there in the world. Yeah, ways to share Mm -hmm. ideas or answer questions, ask questions, whatever. It's a great group. Yeah, please share any information you want. If you're already a member of that group, share whatever you want. What your Hyperion adventure is for that week, what your favorite thing is from the week. Whatever, you know, if you have questions, if you want to share stories that maybe we haven't seen yet, um, put them out there on that uh, group, and we would love to hear from you. Uh, Also, we are on YouTube. Please check us out there. Just do a search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe. You'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Podcast at gmail.com. Right. We love hearing from you. Yes. Love hearing from you in many, many different ways throughout all these things I just mentioned to you. Right. 
<laughs> at the beginning of the show <laughs> and at the end of the show. So that's it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a spooky Halloween. Bye.